0: Up humans, my fellow Phoenix clan members, my listeners, this is your AEW Revolution 2021 Thoughts and Reactions. And I go over Sunday's pay-per-view, and it's been a talk it's been a lot of talk uh lately. And yes, my voice is a little cracked, but it's getting back. But I've been drinking a lot of hot tea, so <clears throat> that's what's been going on. But, I thought the show overall was pretty good. Like, it's it's a mixed bag by some people. I thought it was a really good show. But, um, the ending, uh, I'm going to save that for later. Like, I got a lot to say about the ending of the pay-per-view. Because, that's been on my mind. Lately. But, anyway. I'm your boy, the one and only Phoenix that rises from the ashes. This is Shino D. Phoenix. And, I want to thank you guys so much For tuning in to this special edition of No One's Ready For Wrestling. The thoughts and reaction edition. And uh, we got a lot to go over here. And um, yeah, been pretty busy a little bit. But um, I will say this. Uh, I'm doing this right before AEW Dynamite comes on. And I'm doing this before NXT comes on. Two great stacked shows. So... Like I'm looking forward to both shows. I'm gonna have NXT on my phone. I'm gonna have AEW running on my laptop. So, gonna be watching some wrestling live, tweeting with you guys. And speaking of Twitter, make sure you guys follow me on the Twitter at ShinoDPhoenix. I like I said, I live tweet for NXT. I live tweet for AEW Ross, If I'm if I get bored or if something does not please me, SmackDown, NXT UK. Or any other wrestling show. Or just me being me. Like, I'm a nice guy. And I also self-promote my own Twitch channel. So, speaking of which. Speaking of which. Let's talk about Twitch. Um, Make sure you guys follow me on Twitch at uh, Shino Phoenix. I live stream every Saturday. And I've been also live streaming on Mondays. Before Monday Night Ram comes on. So, literally, make sure you follow me on Twitch. I do play Overwatch, I play Fall Guys. I just got Apex Legends for free. I might play that. I I kind of suck at that game, so you are going to see me suck playing Apex Legends. So, I'm going to give that a try on uh, on Twitch, possibly on Monday, I guess. I don't know. But um I also do play Fire Pro Wrestling World and I I think i get a lot of views by my and just me be, me being me. Doing commentary. And um, I always like doing dream match scenarios. And I got some great things planned for that game as well. So be on the lookout. Saturday is going to be a Fire Pro Wrestling Day. And I'm going to put on a better show than Monday Night Raw. (laughs) I have to throw that little cheap jab out there. So if you have Instagram, follow me, CoolmanSip. I do post on occasions. I've been posting a little bit more lately lately. Most specifically when I go live on Twitch. And I do post uh, the episodes up on uh, my Instagram account. So, it's CoolmanSip. That's CYP, by the way. I mean, that's going to be a running gag now. <laughs> but, um... Make sure you follow me on Instagram if you have an Instagram. Finally, Facebook users. Do yourself a favor. Like my Facebook page. No one's ready for wrestling. I post my episodes on there first. And if there's an update... I will let you guys know on Facebook. So make sure you like the Facebook page. No one's ready for wrestling. And that's pretty much that. And let's get on with the uh, review. We're going to talk about the buy-in. Originally it was supposed to be Britt Baker and Reba. Not Rebel. Taking on Thunder Rosa. You got to roll the R. Thunder Rosa and Riho. Now Reba. She's out with an injury. She was on crutches, so we had to find a replacement. Hmm, who could that replacement be? And this was a this was surprise number one. And Britt Baker's replacement was none other than my favorite Joshi and a surprising motherfucker, Maki Ito. And I raised my middle fingers up in the air for Maki Ito because she did it as well on being the elite. Surprise the motherfuckers! <laughs> you talk about making me happy with Maki Ito. My goodness. I did not expect that. I thought it, like many people were expecting it was gonna be Thea Trinidad to be her replacement, but I did not expect Maki Ito to make a surprise appearance, but that was that was a good surprise. Now this match, I thought it was okay. It was okay for what it was. I mean there was some sloppy moments, but it was alright. Uh some keynotes I put on here Thunder Rosa's attire reminds me... Like, she had all light blue. And if you remember from Lucha Underground... If you're a Lucha Underground fan... She was also Cobra Moon from uh, Lucha Underground. And that attire really caught my attention a little bit. So, I'm like, hmm... Cobra Moon-like? Interesting. So, Britt and Riho, they start things off. They were just working on the arm. You got Thunder Rosa and Maki Ito tagging in... And they did a stare down. And for those of you who are Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling fans. This was a callback. I watched it. It was awesome. Now. Both women were hitting shoulder tackles. Rosa was hitting multiple forearms on Maki. And she started crying. This is part of her personality change. Like she was crying. And she steps on uh, Thunder Rosa's foot. Which look I laughed. I thought Maki Ito's. Funny, she is real she really is. Rosa tags and Riho, hits an assist to splash for a near fall. Riho hits Maki with a 619 for a near fall. Now I don't know what uh Riho was trying to do. It looks like she was trying to go for her finisher, which is I think is the running knee strike. But um <clears throat> but Brit trips her and brings her outside and sends her to the barricade and the ref was distracted by this. Maki was looking for the Kokeshi, but missed and immediately tagged in Britt Baker and hit multiple knee strikes on Riho. <clears throat> Thunder Rosa hit a jumping clothesline on Britt and followed it up with the double knees and hit a beautiful looking butterfly suplex for into a senton. Maki um, breaks up the knee. No, Maki actually tags in, hits the Kokeshi, and Almost scores the win over Rosa, but it gets a near fall. Maki then hit a Tornado DDT on Rosa and goes up to the top for a diving headbutt, but unfortunately our favorite Maki Ito crashed and burned. Uh, Maki countered Riho's running knee strike, which I thought was a nice counter. She countered her running knee strike into a half Boston Crab, and Riho makes it to the ropes. Um, Britt hits an air raid crash for a close near fall. You got Riho. She hits an enziguri and tags in Rosa. Both women were trading roll-ups. Um, until Rosa actually hits a Death Valley driver for a close near fall. Riho. Um, apparently the cameraman missed this shot. I don't know why it happened. It kind of just bugged me a little bit. But Rio hit a crossbody on Maki Ito, and the camera did not catch it. It just caught the aftermath, and that kind of made me upset a little bit. And so Britt hits a super kick. and um, while Britt was distracting the ref, she Reba hits Rosa with the cl- with the crutch, and Britt Baker rolls her up for the win. And I actually, I think I said Britt and uh, either Reba or someone else. Was going to win this match. And I think I got that correct. This lasted 14 minutes and 51 seconds. Not a bad match. I still wish it could have been Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. Like I'm just saying. Maybe it's just my opinion. But this show is all about opinions. So you could agree with me. You could respectfully disagree with me. Everybody has a fucking opinion. Now let's get into the main card. And I'm probably going to drink some tea again. Right after I'm done recording. I thought the opening match between MJF and Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks was really good. It was a really good opening match. Now Jericho and Nick Jackson, they started things off. Nick immediately grounds and pounds Jericho and Matt does the same to MJF. Both teams were brawling on the outside. The Young Bucks hit a stereo suicidas on Jericho and MJF. We go back to the ring. The Bucks applied the sharpshooter. On Jericho and MJF separately. Matt makes a tag. He spears Jericho. Nick tags in and hits a senton. Uh, on Jericho. Or more like a swanton. For a two count. MJF stops the moonsault off the apron. By Nick and Jericho. Hits a springboard drop kick. Jericho then hits the back suplex on Nick. Tags MJF in. They hit a, a assisted flapjack. MJF and Jericho did on Nick and both of them mocked the Young Bucks pose Mm -hmm. like I'm doing it right now I mean if I had a video cam like I would just do it right now (laughs) like I'm doing it Matt tags in he runs wild on Jericho and MJF fakes a deep super kick and hits MJF with a DDT Wardlow you know he was going to be getting involved he pulls the ropes bringing Matt on the outside Jericho Hit a suplex and Irish whips him in the corner. And tags an MJF. Hits a delayed vertical suplex. While extending, you know, the, uh, hold up. Let me extend it. Let me extend it. Uh, there it is. The middle finger. And, um, MJF covers only for a two count. MJF slams Matt in the ring and flips Nick off. MJF does a drop toe hold and applies the front chancery. Matt then hits the Northern Lights suplex, but Jericho trips up Nick. Um, Matt hits both Jericho and MJF with a satellite DDT. Gets the hot tag on Nick, his brother, and he runs wild with the kicks and the knees on MJF and Chris Jericho. Nick hits the Destroyer on MJF for a close near fall. It was a beautiful Destroyer, I'm not going to lie. Nick Jackson hits the Cheeky Nandos. And we had a sliced bread power bomb combination for a near fall. Jericho is looking for the lion tamer, but Matt counters it with a roll up. We got Matt. He counters the Judas effect with a super kick and is looking for the Melter driver. But MJF stops him. Um, Jericho hits a Pile driver on Matt and applies the lion tamer on Nick. Matt tags in, and Jericho counters a superkick into a lion tamer. We got MJF tagging him. He goes for the backslide for a near fall. MJF counters Arana into a powerbomb for a near fall. Which I thought was pretty good. He does the suck it, which you know the Young Bucks can't do that. Because they got ceased and desist. But MJF could do it. Just saying. Jericho counters Nick with a code breaker, like trying to go for the uh, Meltzer driver, if I'm correct, or the Indy taker. He counters Nick with a code breaker. MJF covers Matt for a near fall. Behind the ref's back, Jericho hits Matt with with his uh, bat, Floyd. And MJF hits the Heat Seeker for a close, very close near fall. Um... Nick and Matt, they hit stereo cross-bodies. And I, I know it's a cliche. And this is something that irks me a little bit. Just let me stand there and wait for me to catch you. It's like a cliche. I I don't know why. It just bugs me. Maybe it's just me, but... Like, I understand it's for safety measures, but... It, it just looks so goofy. But, um... You had Nick doing a crossbody on Jericho. You have Matt doing a crossbody on the outside to, uh, Matt Jackson. Now, the climax came when Jericho hit the Judas effect, but it wasn't on the Young Bucks. No. It was on Wardlow who was trying to distract. And Nick rolls up Jericho for a near fall. The Young Bucks, they countered the Lion Salt with with a super kick, hit the BTE trigger, and, um, they cover one, two. MJF breaks it up. They hit multiple super kicks. It's a party. Trust me, I would gladly take a super kick from Matt and Nick, and I would get it on camera, and I really mean it. So the Young Bucks they super kicked the shit out of him like a ping pong, and and that was MJF I'm talking about by the way. They super kicked uh, Jericho. They hit the Meltzer Driver. One, two, three. The Young Bucks are still your AEW Tag Team Champions. Now, I know later during the show... I know Alex Marvez was interviewing um, the Inner Circle. And I know Jericho said they're going to have like... I know they're going to be doing something like... Having an... Just an interaction. There's going to be changes in AEW. I paid attention mostly to MJF's face because he was staring a direct hole at Chris Jericho so it looks like tonight we might be seeing MJF showing his true colors or he is going to lead the inner circle and not Jericho so I think that's what's going to happen but this match lasted 17 minutes and 49 seconds really good opening match I'm not going to lie I thought this was good I'm not going to say it was excellent it was good really really good in my honest opinion so, we got the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. This match lasted um 26 minutes and 49 seconds. This was your typical uh Tag Team Battle Royal until the end. Which, I will just give my thoughts on that. But, just to give you the order. We had QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes of the Natural Nightmares. 5 and 10 of the Dark Order. We got a lot of Dark Order representatives right here. Santana and Ortiz. Oh, sorry, Arrow. <laughs> My dog did not like me rolling the R's. <clears throat> Matt and Mike Seidel. Um, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson of the Dark Order. Austin and Colton Gunn of the Gun Club. uh, Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. Varsity Blondes. Bear Countries. Luchasaurus and Jurassic Express. No, Jungle Boy of Jurassic Express. oh, oh. oh, 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 oh. Sorry, I-, I love this song. I love this song. Um, The Butcher. And The Blade. Private Party. SCU. Pac and Phoenix of Death Triangle. And Alex Reynolds and John Silver of the Dark Order. Huh. No FTR, I see. I'm just, I'm just I mean, you could have just put FTR on there. But, I mean, I think there's a conspiracy against them. I'm just saying. Anyway. Um. <coughs> Anyway, order of elimination, and I'll talk about some of the eliminations. Five was the first eliminated by QT Marshall. Mike Seidel was eliminated by Santana and Ortiz. Matt Seidel was eliminated by Santana, so that means the Seidel brothers were the first team eliminated. Peter Avalon was eliminated by Austin Gunn. The Gun Club were eliminated by QT Marshall. Now, there was a back and forth between Dustin and uh, QT. And uh, QT eliminated himself. And he just spat in the direction of Dustin Rhodes. So, slow heel turn coming. So, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout for that. Stu Grayson was eliminated by Bear Country. Ortiz was eliminated by Jungle Boy. Cesar Bononi was eliminated by Luchasaurus. So, Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi were the third team uh, eliminated. Griff Garrison was eliminated by Luchasaurus. Evil Uno, and I got to call them out on this. Um, Marco Stunt, he hit a Rana on um, Evil Uno. And it did not look good. And I felt bad for Evil Uno. He had to run to the... Literally run... To the um, the turnbuckle, not the turnbuckle, the ring post, and get himself eliminated. It looked bad, and I think Botchamania is going to have a field day with that one. That looked terrible. Brian Pillman Jr. was eliminated by The Butcher, so Velocity Blondes, no more. And so is The Dark Orders, Evil Uno, and Stu Grayson. Speaking of Dark Orders, no more. Ten was eliminated by The Blade, so five and ten are gone. Natural Nightmares are gone. Dustin Rose was eliminated by Butcher, The Blade, and the lovely Bunny Alley. Luchasaurus was eliminated by Bear Country. Bear Country, they got eliminated by The Butcher himself. Mark Quinn was eliminated by Pac. The Blade was eliminated by Phoenix. Isaiah Cassidy was eliminated by Reynolds and Silver, so private parties no more. The Butcher was eliminated by SCU. So, Butcher and Blade are no more. Christopher Daniels was eliminated by Phoenix. Um, Alex Reynolds was eliminated by Jungle Boy. Frankie Kazarian was eliminated by Pac. So, SCU, they lost. Now, they said if they lose, right? And I'm glad Excalibur had to point this out. So, if they lost... That means um, they will no longer be a tag team. But this rule does not apply in the Battle Royal. So that one does not count. Alright, so they're good still. Now, I, I gotta mention this. I love the back and forth between Pac and, uh, and John Silver. Can we get a one-on-one match between these two, please? I would love to see these guys go at it. And... John Silver was eliminated by Phoenix. So, the Dark Order, no more. Pac was eliminated by Jungle Boy. And then we got Ray Phoenix versus uh, Jungle Boy. Oh, my goodness. This was great. I love the ending. But, Ray Phoenix, he eliminated uh, Jungle Boy. Death Triangle wins. They get a future shot at the AEW Tag Team Championship. So, I think this match is going to kick ass. Like... Pac and Ray Phoenix versus uh, the Young Bucks they're going to bring their A game and like I said this match lasted 26 minutes and 49 seconds so I thought it was your standard battle royal but I love the ending like with Pac, Jungle Boy, John Silver and uh, Ray Phoenix so I thought that was really good we got the AEW Women's Championship on the line, Ryu Mez Ryo Mizunami taking on Hikaru Shida. This was uh, my second best match, in my honest opinion. And, look, I still... I like Ryo Mizunami. I still felt it should have been Britt Baker. I'm just saying. And I love Hikaru Shida. And I think her matches have been pretty good. But this was one of my favorites. Along with Thunder Rosa and uh, herself, Hikaru Shida. But, um, this match lasted, uh... Fifteen minutes. It really didn't feel like fifteen minutes, but um, Sheeta, Mizanami, they shake hands, and Hikaru avoided a cheap shot from Rio. Rio fires up with shoulder tap with a shoulder tackle, and in the corner she hits the machine gun chops on Sheeta. Sheeta comes back with a Rana, and hits a jumping knee strike in the corner. Sheeta sets up a chair on the outside and is looking for the jumping knee, but Mizunami counters it with a powerbomb over the barricade, which I thought looked pretty cool. Uh, Mizunami hits multiple leg drops on Sheeta for a near fall. We got Sheeta connecting with a top rope drop pick for a near fall. Ryo escapes the uh, falcon arrow and clothesline Sheeta out of the ring. And, and on the ramp, we have Sheeta hitting the bastard driver On the outside, and gets her, and goes back in the ring, hits a second rope superplex for a near fall. Mizunami she comes back, laying down headbutts and strikes, and you got Shida going back and forth with strikes, and she knocks her down with two lariats and for a near fall, which um, Mizunami did. Shida hit a running knee, which Fires up Mizunami with a lariat, which fires up Shida to connect the Tomashi knee strike, but both women are down. Mizunami connects with a high-angle Yuranagi, follows it up with a spear, and goes up top, hits a diving leg drop for a close near fall. That was like a 2.9 near fall. Uh, Mizunami hits a body slam, but Sheeta reversed it with a desperate roll-up escape. But the representative didn't count. Like, she just rolled up out of the desperation escape. Um, Sheeta, she hits a straight jacket suplex, but Mizunami hits her in the neck with a lariat. Ikaru Shida hits the Falcon Arrow. She did the deal. She did the deal. One, two, no. Nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. Shida was looking for the Tamashi, but Mizunami counters with a lariat. Shida then hits a jumping knee strike. Then she, um... Fast forwarding a little bit. She poked Ryo in the eye and rolls her up for a near fall. We got Shida hitting a Tamashi, but Ryo rolls her up for a near fall. Shida hits another Tamashi for another near fall. I'm like, oh my goodness. And... And Hikaru connects with the Corkscrew Tamashi. And she retains. And I'm like, eh, that was great. It was great. These two women have great chemistry. But I was starting to get a little... Just tired a little bit. But it was still a great match. Like I said, it lasted 15 minutes and 15 seconds. It really did not feel like 15 minutes. So post-match, Nyla attacks Shida and Mizunami... Brit Baker and Maki Ito attack and you you got Reba hitting Sheeta with the crutch until Thunder Rosa comes out and the heels escape. So tonight we got a six-woman tag match between Maki, Nyla, and Brit versus Hikaru Shida, Ryo Mizanami, and uh Thunder Rosa. So that's what's gonna happen on uh <clears throat> on tonight's dynamite. Miro and Kip Sabian versus Best Friends Let me be real for 1 second. I'm glad that Miro is showcasing how much of a monster he could be. But unfortunately, I know that this feud is going to continue. So Kip Sabian and Miro, they were attacked pre-match by uh no, Kip Sabian and Miro attacked Best Friends pre-match like right before and uh Miro sends Chuck through the glass door. And he's like, play my music. Now Miro, like you can see like the cut on Chuck's head. Like you can see blood coming out. Miro's telling him I could stop this. All you have to do is stop. But Chuck tells Bryce Rem- Rimsberg to ring the damn bell. Now, it was just, it was a two-on-one handicap match for the most part. Until Orange Cassidy came up. Pretending that he was in pain. He Kip's up and he hits an orange punch to Miro. While Chuck hits the Uranagi on Kip. Cassidy hits the diving DDT on Kip for a two count. Kip Sabian hits a gut buster into a PK for a near fall. Um, Chuck gets a blind tag. <clears throat> gets a blind tag. And Cassidy hits a Rana DDT. And Best Friends hit the beach break. And Chuck hits a pile driver on Kip. For a near fall. Cassidy hits the Stun Dog Millionaire. Which is literally one of my favorite moves. I love it. It's beautiful. Like I just love how fluid in motion it looks. Mark Andrews did it. Now Orange Cassidy's doing it. Who else could do the Stun Dog Millionaire? Let me know. But Cassidy hits the Stun Dog Millionaire. Into an orange punch on Miro. Now Miro... Now, this is the key factor here. Miro drove Cassidy into Penelope Ford and hits a high kick on Orange Cassidy. Miro, he tells Kip to get up and tag me in while he was checking on Penelope. So, Kip tags in. No, not Kip. He tags Miro and Chuck rolls up Miro for a two count. He connects the high kick and then the Machka super kick. and He applies the game over and Chuck taps out. This was 7 minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, That's how long that match was. I will say this. I will say this. At least Miro got to showcase how great he is. But like I said. Unfortunately we're continuing this storyline. Maybe this may tease a little bit of dissension between Kip and, and Miro. Because if he watches what he did... He shoved Orange Cassidy to Penelope. That could tease some dissension. You know? And I think that's where they might go with it. So. I hope that's the plan. Because I think Miro needs to go out on his own. And not be a part of this stupid storyline. I'm just saying. It's my opinion. You could disagree if you want to. But. That's how I really feel about it. We got a big money match. Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy. This was okay. In my honest opinion. Um, I will say this I love the ending of the match, it was really good. Just, I thought this was really creative, in my honest opinion. So, we got Hangman, he counters the headlock into a back suplex, follows it up with chops. Paige hit a fall away slam and kips up and is looking for the buckshot, lariat. But Matt rolls out of the ring on the outside. Hangman sends Matt gut first. On the barricade and hits a diving sledge. Like chop on uh, the outside. Matt sends Hangman's hand on the ring post. And I cringed at this because I know pain when I feel it. Seeing him bending the fingers back. Gives me that Pete Dunne vibe a little bit. <clears throat> Matt sends Hangman's hand. Uh, now he traps his hand. Also his arm as well. On the steel steps. And he drop kicks the steel steps. Doing more damage to the hand and the arm. Trying to neutralize the buckshot lariat. Um, Back in the ring. Matt bites the middle finger. I paid close attention to that. He was biting the middle finger. While bending the other finger's back. On his right hand. Which is Paige's right hand. He Irish whips Paige so hard into the turnbuckle. Paige... Comes back with a rebound lariat. And he counters a side effect into a crucifix pin. Which I thought was pretty good. For a two count. Page hits a Death Valley driver for a close near fall. On the outside Matt Hardy hits Page with the twist of fate. And back in the ring. Matt Hardy he hits a suplex. Like while Page was trying to hold on. He was trying to hold on to his injured right hand. But it wasn't enough. The pain was too much. But um, Matt suplexed him. Covers near fall. Both men. They started hitting clotheslines on each other. But Paige hit a discus lariat. And on the outside. He hits a moonsault. And commentary mentioned that. um, His arm. Like his elbow. Hit the uh, barricade. Paige hits a high crossbody. For a near fall. You know let me st- it's just a cliche. Let me stand there and wait for me to catch ya. Like, just saying. Like I said, it's just me. But if you... It's just... We see it non-stop. I see it even at wrestling shows a lot. But anyway, Paige has a sliding lariat and is looking for the Deadeye. But Matt escapes and hits a reverse neckbreaker. Matt follows up with a BT bomb for a near fall. Now, Paige connects the Deadeye, and he had the match won, until Private Party showed up. Paige was focusing on Private Party, like he hit a suicide dive, taking out Isaiah Cassidy, and I think he hit another one on Mark Quinn. Hangman was looking for the buckshot Larry, but Matt countered it with a side effect, which was a good counter, and he hit a twist of fate for a near fall. So... Matt is telling the private party, go, come on, come on, until the dark order came out and clean house. Now, this is the ending I was talking about. Matt Hardy punched Paige and he was on the apron. The dark order catches him and they put him back on the apron and Matt Har- not Matt Hardy, Paige hits the buckshot lariat. One, two, three, for the win! This match lasted 15 minutes and 8 seconds. It, like I said, it wasn't bad, and it was just good. And I, I can't, it was okay for what it was. But I know how Matt's gonna be feeling, and I know his wife is pissed off at him. <laughs> so, storyline-wise, now <clears throat> I love the celebration with. Page in the Dark Order, and I'm like, for fuck's sakes, Hangman, just join the Dark Order. They won't harm you. So, I-, I love this. I thought this was good. I thought this was really good. So, I, I can't complain. Anyway, <clears throat> Face of the Revolution ladder match. This is to determine who will challenge Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. We got Max Caster. Lance Archer, Scorpio Sky, Penta El Cerro Mero, Cody Rhodes, and a mystery opponent. Now, I want to say something about that brass ring. Like, I get that they're poking fun at WWE. Can we just lay off with the shots, okay? And another thing. That ring looks like something you see out of Sonic the Hedgehog. I was hoping for Sonic the Hedgehog to show up, easily win the match, and grab the ring and leave, go to another dimension. Like, I feel like that's what was going to happen. But, <laughs> that's, I mean, if I was booking that, that would have been funny. Now, who is this mystery partner? Um, may I ask my egomaniacs a question? How hyped were you when you saw Ethan Page come out? In an AEW ring. In an AEW arena. I had a video reaction. My friend Nails. She just watched it. like I believe it was yesterday or Monday. <laughs> and it was a great reaction for me. Because I'm like yes. Ego maniac Ethan Page is here. And I couldn't be more happy for him. And now he's officially all elite. And he will be making his debut tonight. So looking forward to that lots of really great moments in this match I thought this was pretty good a pretty good ladder match even though I am ladder match fatigued a little bit Um, Archer, he grabs the ladder throws it at Page and Sky he got Penta hitting a sling blade while Lance had the ladder in his hand Scorpio Sky hits a German suplex while Penta had the ladder in his hand Max Caster was looking for his boombox he told Jack to get it for him Jack Evans who is also working with Matt Hardy. But Ten hits a spine bust on Jack. Payback for what happened at the uh, casino tag team battle royal. Uh, Cody hit a disaster kick on Max on the outside. Now Cody is wrestling with a partial tear on his injured shoulder. So that played a key factor. Page hit Cody with the ladder on the injured shoulder. Max Caster hit Page and Sky with the boombox and hit Cody with the boombox on the injured shoulder. Penta hit the Tope con Hilo on Max and Ethan Page. Like he had the ladder on the rope and he climbed, like he was rocking up the ladder and he did the Tope which I thought was pretty cool. Ethan Page hit a slingshot cutter on Lance Archer on the ladder and Paige hit a splash mountain, which is like the razor's edge, on uh, Sky through the ladder on Archer, which I thought was really nice. Cody hit a disaster, hits a climate Penta with a disaster kick. Penta hits a super kick or the thrust kick, goes on the apron, on the stack ladder, that was there conveniently. He hits a fucking Canadian destroyer on Cody. And he landed hard on the shoulder. Now you had the doctors, you had the um, you had Arne Anderson, Jerry Lynn, just telling him you can't go out. You got you got to sit this one out. And you can see all of that in the back, like by the entrance for the face side. <clears throat> Max Caster, he was climbing to the top of Sky, stops him. Lance Max Scorpio and Ethan were touching the ring but um nobody didn't grab it. Nobody didn't grab the Sonic the Hedgehog ring. Like you could add the Sonic music in the background while they're fighting. <laughs> now Penta connects with a thrust kick on Sky and he climbs the ladder. He bites the mask. Hmm, Sky does. Hmm, heel tendency. And hits a reverse neckbreaker. Max Caster hits Ethan Page with the Sunset Powerbomb off a ladder. Sky hits a body slam on Max on the ladder and connects with a Frog Splash. Lance catapults Sky to the ladder, but Sky immediately climbs. Lance stops him. Like, <clears throat> and I love this part right here. This was really good. Lance hit a rising knee strike on Sky. And he lands on one of the stack ladders in the corner. And it breaks. Um, Cody comes back with the weight belt. He hits Max with it. He hits Paige with the weight belt. He connects the crossroads on uh, Ethan Page. Lance Archer um, connects the superplex on Cody off the ladder. And Max follows it up with a diving elbow drop on Cody, which I thought was pretty cool. Lance Archer slammed Paige, Cody, and Penta. And he hit the blackout on Max on the ladder, which looked brutal as fuck. Now, Paige was... Now, Paige, um, I could say this. He attacked Lance, who was near close to grabbing that brass ring. The Sonic the Hedgehog ring. He low blows him. Lance is like, the fuck are you doing? And he climbs down, Page is begging him off. No, 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 please, please, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it. And um, you have Lance hitting a straight right hook. Not knocking him out, but just to stun him a bit. But but Page low blows him and hits the razor's edge on Lance Archer. Now Jake Roberts, he got a pop and um, hits a short line on Ethan Page. And Penta hits Jake with a super kick taking him out. Penta blocks uh, the Cody cutter, but it does stun him. Sky hits Penta in the ankle with the chair. We had some back and forth between Cody and Scorpio Sky. And I love that Scorpio just shoved him. And he grabs the brass ring and he will be challenging Darby Allen for the TNT Championship tonight. So I thought this was pretty good. This um, lasted 23 minutes and 17 seconds. And I'm throwing out a little theory. What if? Because I know um, Scorpio Sky's Day and Alex Gracia. What if Alex Gracia gets involved tonight? And we know that she's part of the women's division of AEW. I'm just throwing my little two cents out there. I think that would be pretty cool. Now the thing that they were hyping the most. The biggest signing. The biggest signing. People were thinking, oh, it's Brock Lesnar. Oh, it's uh, CM Punk. Oh, it's um Dwayne Johnson. Oh, it's John Cena. I'd say maybe Bret Hart. But Bret Hart doesn't wrestle. He's retired. And I had to re- rethink that on when I said that on the podcast. Can't be Steve Austin. Can't be Ric Flair. So they said Hall of Fame worthy. And I'm going to give my thoughts on this. And out comes Christian Cage. Now. I point the finger of blame at the fans. And at AEW. Okay. I'm happy for Christian Cage. I think. he Like if you saw the Royal Rumble. Like let me be real. That was his last appearance. That was his last appearance. Like if you see Edge and Christian hugging. You knew what that meant. So. Like, here's my take on this. I'm... Like I said, I'm happy for Christian. I think fans are too skeptical when they s- want to uh, get... Like, and AEW got them talking. They want to use the term major name. They want to use the term of... Uh, they want to use the term big signing, a major signing. Hall of Fame worthy signing. Which, look, Christian is. But, um... Let's be real for one second. We got to be real. When you overhype things. And you have fans expectations. Being oh it's got to be CM Punk. And CM Punk literally said it's not me. Now I agree with CM Punk on one thing. They need to focus on their own talent. Which I agree 100%. Now. I, if it was CM Punk. You would have threw a lot of money. To make him all elite. It's the same could be said for Brock Lesnar. Like we don't know what Brock Lesnar is going to be doing. Like, it would be nice, but I think Christian Cage is a good get. But my advice to AEW, my advice to Tony Khan, don't overhype things that you know fans aren't going to expect because fans these days are fucking fickle. Okay. Fans are fickle. And they expect someone big. They expect someone that's going to change the landscape of AEW. You know how fans are. So that's how I see things right now. But um, I just want to give my thoughts on that. I think Christian Cage, if he wanted to end his career on his own terms, fine by me. Fine by me if he wants to do it here. I don't have a problem with it. Plain and simple. Um, I thought the street fight between Darby Allen and Sting versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks was excellent. This was the best match on the entire show, in my honest opinion. This was amazing. Now my only critique with that cinematic match is simple. I would have done away with the commentary, like that's what made the Boneyard match stand out in my honest opinion like, you didn't have to have commentary let them say what they gotta say just just don't add commentary on a cinematic match let it play out but this was excellent and this was all Darby Allen. like, this was Darby's cinema idea and it felt like I was watching a movie a badass movie at that like, it was so great that I can't even put it in words. I took a little bit of notes on this one. This lasted 13 minutes and 52 seconds. And Sting looked great. He looked great. I think he's best his best matches are cinematic ones. Cause it just shows how uh good he really is. But um like Justin Barrasso on Sports Illustrated said that it was a massive success. This was all Darby. And I gotta give props to Darby because it just showed his creative side. I loved it. I thought it was great. Now I do Sting's face paint. He got the iconic one on one side, and he got the uh, Darby Allen face paint on the other, which I thought was pretty cool. Now we're in this ring, Cage. Like some key moments, Cage. He threw a tie at a guy wearing a Sting mask, and he bombed another one who was wearing a Sting mask on the apron. Sting hit a stinger splash on Ricky Starks on the ring. And they zoomed in to Cage and Darby Allen, which I thought was really nice. Um, he slams Darby headfirst in the wall and he gorilla presses Darby on the door, which I thought looked badass. Fast forwarding a little bit. You had Sting chasing Starks with a baseball bat. And Stark tells him, and I gotta say, my boy Ricky Starks, my Nola boy. Represent New Louisiana, baby. He tells Sting that he's nothing without the bat. Brian Cage walks up the stairs and while holding Darby in a vertical suplex position, which I thought looked badass, and he slammed him on the trash can. Now, Sting and Darby Allen, they team up on Cage, fast forwarding a little bit. Starks his Sting with a huge garbage can right in the leg, which I laughed. I thought that was pretty funny. Sting uses one of the uh, drawers to low blow uh, Starks, and he helped Darby Allen when Brian Cage was about to hit the Weapon X, and he had a fire extinguisher and he used it on Cage. And Darby hit Cage with a bottle, like a a glass bottle, and both men power bomb Cage through a chair. Starks hit Sting with a two by four and Darby he hit a cough and drop on stocks uh like it was off like one of the railings that you see like hit a cough and drop on stocks and i thought this was silly Will Hobbs did not need to wear a mask he really didn't like i knew it was Hobbs when i saw him he comes out he attacks Allen hook judo tosses him which i thought looked pretty good and i got to say this about hook he looks in great shape though Cage, he rammed Sting on the wall. You have, And this was a brutal, brutal spot. Cage and Hobbs, they were seesawing Darby Allen, And they threw him in the glass. Like one of the glass windows. Which was brutal as fuck. Cage hit Sting in the back with a shovel. And you have Team Taz just ganging up on Sting. You see... Darby crawling, and this was a nice black shot. Like, you see, like, his shadow just grabbing the baseball bat for Sting. Throws it, Sting gets the bat, and takes out Hook, Cage, and Hobbs. Darby Allen, he does an insane fucking dive. It was off that broken glass. Off, like, the second floor into the first one, which looked brutal. Um. Anyway, Stinger was looking for the Stinger splash, but he landed on the exposed turnbuckle. Starks spears Sting for a near fall. Starks he low blows Sting and is looking for a power bomb, but Sting turned it into a sunset pin for a near fall. Sting hits the Scorpion death drop on Starks, pins him one, two, three. This was excellent in my honest opinion. I thought this was one of my favorite matches. On this show. And I got to give props to Darby Allen Because you see how his creative genius is showing. Like this was all Darby Allen, And I loved it. I really do. I thought this was great. And it got me pumped. So, so that's that. But r- literally watch that match. If you don't have AEW Revolution. Watch that match. You'll thank me later. Then we get to the main event. The exploding barbed wire death match for the AEW World Championship. Jon Moxley taking on Kenny Omega. Um, This was a good match. A good main event match. Really good at that. But it was ruined by the ending when the ring exploded. Which we will get into later. So Moxley hits the back suplex but Omega still had the headlock. On John. John clothesline Omega out of the ring into the ramp. Mox grabs the barbed wire bat and hits Omega with it. Moxley hits a Russian leg sweep with the barbed wire bat. Moxley hit um Omega with the kendo sticks. He hit him multiple times. Omega blinds Moxley with the powder. And six minutes in. He sends Moxley to the barbed wire rope, which it which exploded. Omega walks on Moxley with the kendo sticks. Well, he wails on him with the kendo stick. And slams his leg, Moxley's leg, on the trash can. Omega connects the Ketoro Crusher on Moxley through the trash can for a near fall. <laughs> Omega applies the figure four. And you can see crimson blood on Moxley's forehead. And he applies the figure four on Moxley. He was looking for something to break the hold. And he gets this barbed wire chair and he just saws it into Omega's leg. Which looked fucking brutal as fuck. Omega sends Moxley through the barbed wire table in the turnbuckle. And you just see it just piercing through his shirt. And just ugh. And I know this match is not everyone's cup of coffee, but it was brutality at its finest. Omega hits a second rope moonsault for a near fall. Omega was trying to look for the figure four, but he shoves Omega through the barbed wire rope's chest first, and it exploded. And it literally exploded in his face. And he hits a dropkick, and Omega went... Landed on the barbed wire rope, which exploded, and on the back, which looked brutal. Moxley then hit a pump handle suplex on the barbed wire on Omega through the barbed wire table, which looked brutal. Moxley was looking for the paradigm shift, but Omega escapes. Kenny was looking for the one-winged angel, but John hits a suplex on Kenny. And you can see the back of his head landing on the barbed wire bat. Moxley hit a side slam on Omega through the barbed wire chair, which looked brutal. Um, He grabs a barbed wire, wrapped it around his arm like he did with Eddie Kingston. Kenny hits two snapdragons, and Moxley turns him inside out with the lariat. Both men are down. On the apron, they were brawling. Moxley hits a fucking paradigm shift off the apron and onto the barbed wire table... Which exploded and Omega's landed on the top of his head while Moxley was like trapped in the barbed wire. That looked brutal. Well, that was fast forwarding but rewinded. Moxley was looking for the paradigm shift but Omega shoved him in the ropes and it exploded. Totally forgot to mention that. Moxley he grabs a longer barbed wire, brings him... Back to the ring and hits him in the face with the barbed wire repeatedly. We had 10 minutes remaining until the ring explodes. Moxley hits a power driver for a close near fall. Omega hits a low blow on Moxley and hits an Onita style power bomb for a near fall. Omega hits two V triggers, hits a one winged angel. But Moxley puts his leg on the ropes which causes the rope to explode in his face. Now, the Good Brothers, they came out and I just like, uh, as as much as I love Gallows and Anderson, I'm like, come on. We don't need, you shouldn't have came out. Omega, like, he hands Omega, Gallows does, an exploding barbed wire bat. And while Moxley's wailing on Gallows and Anderson, he turns around, gets hit with the exploding barbed wire bat. And covers for a near fall. Omega hits a running one-winged angel on a... On um, Moxley through the chair, covers one, two, three, and Omega retains. This match was good, really good main event. 25 minutes and 12 minutes is how long this match was. So the post match, the good brothers handcuff Moxley, they beat him down. Omega grinds the barbed wire bat and um <clears throat> Moxley's head. 60 seconds until the ring explodes. They hightail out of it. And Eddie Kingston tries to get Moxley out of there. But he shields him. And, yeah, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And that was, it wasn't even an explosion. It wasn't an explosion. It, it was just... Just a little sprinkles, like sparklers, and you just see poof, poof, not like legit explosions. And I feel like that was underwhelming, in my honest opinion. And fans booed this fucking thing. I was laughing and I was just questioning, like, why even advertise this if you're gonna, if you half asked it? Now, Moxley, After the show went off the air. Moxley said Kenny Omega may be a tough son of a bitch. But he can't make an exploding ring worth the shit. Now Tony Khan. Um, he defended this by saying. I think we're all lucky that the bomb going off at the end didn't really hurt anybody. Kenny's big master plan. He built a dud. Who would have thought. he, When he drew a, the big plan with uh, crayons that maybe the bomb might not have failed to take both guys out. And he responded to fans criticism by saying, "But at the end, I don't know like this is the line. I don't know what people really wanted unless you wanted us to actually explode the guys at the end." So there's so only so much you can do so without actually blowing the ring up, blowing the up the ring and blowing both guys up, I think the basic explanation is Kenny Kenny's ring was set to explode and his plan as a heel who built this thing with a hammer and nails as we saw the final bomb just didn't go off like it it just it was underwhelming and it and in my honest opinion it literally took away from a really good main event match and I'm not gonna be I'm not I'm gonna be honest with you and here's the truth honesty does not care about your feelings. That, wasn't, that just was not good. Like the fa- and here's another thing I found out. like they were taking down videos on Twitter like because they were making fun of they were making fun of uh, that explosion, and they were getting called out on it. yet they don't want to accept criticism. Yet they listen to the fans, right? But they don't want to listen to criticism. I'm sorry bro, but criticism is a reality check. And it will hurt. Like, I might as well talk about that. AEW targeting accounts for posting dud explosion barbed wired death match ending. They started issuing takedown notices for accounts who posted a video of the main event conclusion. Heal by Nature and Bullet Club Ita Both received takedowns and more were targeted by the company. Dave Bixenspan commented on this situation and found it interesting how it doesn't seem to fall in line with the company's public narrative. So, he said, We're that super fan-friendly, all-inclusive, totally not an evil WWE empire. Happiest Place on Earth Wrestling Company was so concerned about wiping their main event off Twitter since Tony said that they had a storyline explanation of Kenny sucking at... Making bombs. And... All I can say is this. All I can say is this. And I'm going to conclude with... My poll results. what they, Which I saw. Which is 50-50. So, usually it would be like 90 or 8. But I've never seen it be 50-50. But... It, it just was... Like, if you're going to promise something... Like you want if you wanted to do an explosion, just have like the ring fucking collapse and it fucking explodes. Like on the side. Not the actual ring fucking exploding. Like I, I just felt underwhelmed by this. If there's a lesson they should learn, don't overhype the shit. Just don't overhype it. Let it play out. Let the fans be excited. But come on. You got to do better than that, AEW. You got to do better than that, Tony Khan. But overall, like I said, I thought this was a really good pay-per-view. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't on that caliber of what last year's revolution was. And I thought last year's revolution was better than this year's revolution. And that's just my honest opinion about it. So, without further ado, I am getting the heck out of here. Thank you guys so much. I will see y'all live on Twitter tonight. I'll be live tweeting for AEW and NXT. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about the show. But, um, make sure y'all follow me on Twitter at D. Phoenix. Follow my Twitch account, Shino Phoenix. I'll be live Saturday. Um, follow me on Instagram, CoolManSip. at CYP. And like the Facebook page. No one's ready for wrestling. So until then, take care. Be, be safe. Support wrestling as much as you can. And I will see you guys later for episode 107 of No One's Ready for Wrestling. This Phoenix flies off.